What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Buckeye BS. Here with my guy. Here with my guy, Cam. How you guys doing on this Sunday morning? Chilling, man. Another day, another ball talk. Trying to get to the fucking season. This shit is terrible. We're trying to get there. September's right around the corner. Fuck. We, st- we still have what fifty something days until the season. I've been playing NCAA like crazy because, like, I just can't find a way to get my college football fixed. We're rewatching games. I'm playing NCAA, and the season still cannot get here fast enough. Absolutely. So this past weekend, uh, we see some star-studded celebrities at Michael Rubin's birthday party, and there were a lot of representation from the Big Ten there. We had Tom Brady, Micah Parsons, the Buckeyes' very own C.J. Stroud, and quite possibly the most random picture I have ever seen. Drewski, little baby, and C.J. What were your thoughts when you saw C.J. pop up at this party? I mean, C.J. is from L.A., right? So every time we see him on Instagram and, and shit like that, like he's always like hooping. Like him and Bryce Young was hooping with like uh, Jack Harlow, um, Chris Brown, stuff like that. And that was, like, during his first year starting at Ohio State whenever they would have, like, little breaks or whatever. So, um, I feel like just being starting quarterback at Ohio State, getting invited to New York, like, it kind of put him in that stardom already and being from L.A. So, um, yeah. So, we saw Micah Parsons there. We saw Tom Brady there. What does this say about – is this a recruiting tactic for the Big Ten? Like, you, you see these celebrities from Penn State – Michigan, Ohio State. Is this the real big three? I mean, Stetson Bennett won two natties. I ain't see that motherfucker in there. So, I mean, something's got to be up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't see Jalen Carter. I ain't see Jordan Davis. I ain't see none of them motherfucking Bulldogs. So. I got a little Damn. bit of flack on the timeline for mentioning a Big Ten legend. Joey B in the house. Like, come on now. You know we're taking credit for that. Look at Donovan Mitchell, man. Look like a Cisco video extra, man. Ohio, (laughs) deep as fuck. Again, they say it's just farms up here. All the Ohio boys at the Cali parties. Man, we got that juice, man. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's great to see, you know, Buckeyes and the Big Ten are out here shining. I'm going to continue to push those narratives because the Big Ten is here. And now that we got this money, you're going to start seeing us at more billionaire parties. I'm telling you that. But so... One thing that helps these kids get to these parties is the is the NIL that they're making these days. They're rubbing shoulders with rich people a lot earlier. So I want to talk about this number one recruiting class. <laughs> we hear the Buckeyes are out here spending a ton of money. Do we have a chance of landing the number one recruiting class in the country this year? Um, I think we have a chance. I mean, obviously, everyone's waiting on a big fish with KJ Bolden's, uh, Brandon Baker's, um, uh, Aaron Scott's, Dylan Stewart's, KVA, JoJo's, you know, McCl- J Mac, Jaden Jackson. So it's like we have all these guys that we have in the wings to, uh, that we want to get and that we that could change our program. Now, the fact of the matter is, do they trust our coaching staff? Do they want to come up north? Do they want to um, be a part of what Ryan Day's building? 
and and try to get us over that comp to to become a national champion because we just saw Georgia get like what six fucking O line commits over six seven like five days. Their offensive line, like, <laughs> their offensive line is something ridiculous. I saw that offensive line class. I think the smallest guy was six five three twenty five. He was the he was the yeah. little one at six. And then I mean, if they put Dylan Rayola at center, you're talking about a generational offensive line with that recruiting class right there. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I mean, <laughs> with, with this with this battle for the number one recruiting class, um, is it a numbers game or is it something attainable for the Buckeyes? I mean, you look at Georgia's class right now; they have twenty six commits as they sit as the number one class with a three eleven recruiting ranking. You just rattled off eight potential Buckeye commits, and that would only take Ohio State to twenty six, who's currently sitting at eighteen commits with a two eighty two class rating. Do we even have the numbers to do it? Because, I mean, even if we land every recruit that you just named, is that even enough to pass Georgia? I mean, I know it would pass them in the ranking, but we're hearing reports that they could potentially sign 31 kids this class? Yeah, I mean, that's what happened in 2021 um, with uh, Alabama. Uh, they signed more kids than us. But, I mean, if we, if we, can, if we have 26 kids um, and – can have the highest average with that. I'll take that because um, that's that's what we're going to do. I don't I don't really foresee anyone, especially in the Ohio State and the Big Ten, taking thirty kids a class. I don't see that happening. I mean, they joke and call it the Doug Archie rule with us never taking more than twenty four kids. So I mean, if we get to twenty six, that's a celebration in my book. Exactly. Um, the the number I was hearing though was around twenty eight, but um. We'll see, man. Listen, I'm fucking tired of this shit, man. Like, we we need to, we need to fucking do what it takes to win. So I I don't know if it's because we're concerned with pushing kids out into the portal. Well, goddamn it, there's some kids that need to hit the portal year in year out. You know what I mean? Like if we need if we're gonna take thirty and we feel like this kid's ceiling tired and we've had somebody in the program for three years and they see that 30, that that number 30 class coming in, well, they're going to know, I got to hit the portal. I'm out of here. My, my name might be on the chalking board. And that's what college football is becoming. Like, it's becoming more and more of a business. So I don't understand the strategy of keeping fat on a team when you could take in 30 kids that has higher potential. Do you so, think it requires 30 kids or do you think they can get it done with 26? I mean, I don't think I don't think every class requires thirty kids, but like situations like this, when we've just been cheddar bob biscuits on defense, I think we should take thirty kids in the class and kind of put the feet, feet to fire to some kids that are on the team already. But look, what the what, what we got on the field is not good enough, and we're going to oversign year by year until we reach that standard. Now, if you if you show us that you're hitting that standard in spring and and blah blah blah, then that's that. But as of right now, I mean, there's kids the last couple of years that were on our team and that or that are playing that if they were at Alabama or Georgia would have been processed out. But that's just my opinion. So we've recently seen us get a few commits. The Justin Scott uh, commitment was a huge surprise. And then uh, we recently received Miles Lockhart. I just want to get your thoughts on those two players right there. And how big is that for our class? Um, like Pate said, I mean, us having that big 300-pound interior uh, like Katie McDonald, 
He's coming in as a freshman. He's 6'3", 310. Uh, Hero Canute, my guy, by the way. Um, 6'5", 310. Uh, Justin Scott, 6'5", 310. Um, I really can't think of time. Even when we were winning national championship with, with Urban and and when we and through Trestle's era where we had a defensive line that big that we're going to be able to have in a two deep. Um, we're truly, truly seeing the issues that we've been having up front, um, not only with Michigan recently uh, in 2021 and 22 with uh, four quarters of banging in the trenches, but also when we go play like Alabama or Georgia, um, we will have that rotational um, value as far as like being size on a defensive line. We haven't had that at Ohio State. So I'm excited to see that. And then Miles Lockhart. Miles Lockhart is talking. We had him in a space, and I think that his demeanor and his moxie is something that is going to be needed on our team and on the field. Because, Ron, how many times did we watch a play this year and a defensive back will make a tackle or something, and they just there's no celebration, there's no excitement? Like, Bro, so like, during, during the Michigan game, I was with Easy and Des, and we're sitting at this restaurant watching the game, and it's going into the fourth quarter, and I don't know who the guy's name is on Michigan. He's standing on top of the bench, screaming down at the whole team. And I'm like, I turned and looked at both of them, and I said, we don't have anyone like that on our team that would stand on the bench and scream at everyone and give a rallying speech before the fourth quarter. These kids that they're bringing in to the future of BIA, they have that moxie. They have that swag. Like, when you hear them talk, like, Jermaine Matthews, that kid oozes confidence. Miles Lockhart, that kid oozes content or uh, confidence. We're sitting in the space with him, and he's getting me ready to run through a wall with just like you asked him, did he ever visit uh, Michigan? He said, "Hell no!" Like, <laughs> exactly. like hell no! Like he ain't going up there. Like I need that type of energy from our defense, and the fact that we're getting a kid like that, I think he's going to be huge for our defense and like I mean we got kids like Malik Hartford Cedric Hawkins we got dogs in that secondary now Calvin Sampson Hunt like I'm excited about the future of BIA and that commitment was fun and shout out to Miles Lockhart for pulling up on us in the space that was a that was a good time being able to talk to him especially right after his commitment that was awesome for him to take the time out for us and do that Um, yeah I mean it was just like the small things like I just I just want to see my defense fly around, be excited, want to be physical, want to intimidate the opponents again. I just feel like we were very passive in Columbus, and that's just not characteristic of Buckeye football. So let's get back to it. So during that time frame, too, there was one other commitment that we need to talk about. Let's do it. We were on Menace, we were on the corner with Chris on the Menace channel earlier this week, and there was another commitment that we thought was heading the Buckeyes' way, and as we were sitting in the pre-production show, we got a flurry of crystal balls flipping the other way right before the Marquise Lightfoot commitment, and we had to listen to Big Cap get on the stream yard and talk his shit. But things aren't looking so good for the Hurricanes right now with Marquise Lightfoot as we see reports from rivals coming out already that he's already on flip watch. So I just want to get your thoughts 
on this Marquise Lightfoot situation. He commits to Miami. A week later, he's on flip watch. Where do you think this kid ends up by signing day? Uh, I'm not an insider. You know, that's my moniker. I'm not an insider. <laughs> I know nothing about inside information, but I do have opinions and I do hear things. So with that being said, uh, I heard that he was allegedly locked in with uh, OSU and um, certain circumstances happened and Miami, you know, doing their job, convinced him that, you know, Miami was the best place for him. Congrats to that kid. But if you guys go back on YouTube and watch the 247 interview, his body language and the way he was speaking just seemed like it was just like very new. Like he just made that decision. It didn't, I didn't get the vibe that he was just like ecstatic to be a hurricane. Um, so this news coming out about him potentially flipping is not surprising to me. Now, with that being said, as far as regarding to the Buckeyes, Let's look at Ryan Day's history with this situation, right? Like, uh, Ron, what happened with Dijon last year? Um, or uh, uh, other instances where we've heard rumors about kids wanting to come back into class and Ryan Day kind of being like, once you're locked in and you're not, we won't take you back. So do you think that's a real thing or is that just really Buckeye rumor talk? I don't, I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's rumor talk. I don't care, honestly, because if he calls and wants to come back, come on home. Come on home. We will take you. So if if he wants to come back into the class, I will gladly take him. I'm not sure if Ryan Day has a policy on, you know, once you're out, you're out. I'll take him. If they want to flip, I will gladly take him. And I really – I not much hesitance for me there. What about you? You taking him? <sighs> I mean, I feel like it's a case-by-case situation because it's like if I'm a coach and I take a commitment from a kid, right, um, I'm thinking that this kid is locked into class. So once I'm going forward, I'm recruiting, I'm recruiting, I'm recruiting, and then you go commit somewhere else. And after you've given me a verbal, uh, a private verbal, I feel like you're kind of putting our program in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a jam without being honest to me. And it could be like kind of a character thing that a coach I want to deal with. And also a coach can have an ego and have pride. Like, Hey, like you lied to me. I don't feel like I'm, I'm liking that very much. So I think it's a case by case situation where it's like, um, basically how, how the relationship between a player and a coach went and like how it happened. Cause it's like, I don't know. Cause once you get a kid locked in the class, like you're assuming they're there, they got that. And it's like, kind of move on to the next step. And if you got to backtrack, that's kind of putting everything into chaos mode as far as the board goes. So we'll see how Ryan Day feels, if it's even true that he wants to come back or if he's even flipping. So I think this is the perfect segue into our next game that we are going to play, and I guess we will start with Marquise Lightfoot. We are going to play in or out for remaining targets in the Buckeyes class as of July 9th. Where do you stand on Marquise Lightfoot? Do you think he ends up a Buckeye, or do you, does he stick with the Hurricanes? Mm. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Uh, I don't know. I I'm gonna go with the with the third. I I think he might end up at another school. Uh, simply because I don't know this for sure, but I just have an inclination of how Ryan Day operates. I do not think that he would bring him back in the class, but I do think that 
the whole Miami situation, you know, once ball starts getting played and he looks around and be like, damn, there's 15,000 people in the stands and y'all about to lose seven games. And all these guys you said that were coming ain't coming. He's going to start looking around. But well, I'm going to put my money on Ryan Day not taking back a um, – I don't know. Actually, I'm going to backtrack that. <laughs> because Lightfoot wasn't committed publicly like the other guys. So – I'll say you call, if he decommits, you'll go to Ohio State. I'll say that. I will. I will also. That was a great hedge because I was yeah. just going to say, yeah. no, he remains a hurricane. But I will preface it with, if he decommits, he will be a Buckeye. That'll yeah. be my. That'll be my vote there. Okay, so we're going to go quickly lightning round through these. Just a quick in or out for these remaining targets. Five star offensive tackle Brandon Baker. You have him in. The class or out of the class right now for the Buckeyes? I don't know. I'm not an insider. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. Your best guess, in or out? I don't know. I don't. It's not like I'm like following up and like I just like random people just tell me things. I'm just like, okay, it sounds good, but I don't know. I mean, he just released the 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 graphic and we weren't on it, right? It was Florida State, not Florida State, but it was Georgia, Oregon. Um, Nebraska and another school, and we weren't on the on the traffic. So I was just – I don't know. I'm just going to say Baker's out. I don't know. Baker's out. I am going to go with Baker's in. We'll see what happens there. Go ahead and clip <laughs> that one up. This will be fun to see on the timeline in a week when he commits to Texas or Oregon or something of that nature. Oh, but Texas. That was, on that. That was the other one. Texas. I'm going to be yeah. the super Buckeye homer here, and I'm going to go Brandon Baker in the class. The next one, probably the most polarizing recruitment thus far, Aaron Scott, five-star cornerback out of Springfield, Ohio. Oh, the team up north's favorite darling. Uh, I'm going to say he's a Buckeye. I'm going to say he's in. I'm going to go with he is also in. Edric Houston. We just saw him this past weekend for the 4th of July in Buckeye gear. Do you have Edric Houston five-star defensive tackle edge? Uh, I think he's going to turn into a five-tech personally, but um, – all the signs of uh of the the leading industry um recruiting insiders are saying that he's locked in, so I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna off of them. I mean, I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Buckeye as well. He seemed to be enjoying his holiday weekend decked out in the scarlet and gray. Absolutely, another polarizing recruitment, and may have you looking at uh Instagram photos to glean any insight on their. Uh, recruitment. We have KJ Bolden. Mom recently stepped out in all Georgia gear. We just saw dad at camp in Ohio State gear. Are they playing the game? What's going on here? Do you have KJ Bolden in the class or out of the class? I have no thought <laughs> on that at this moment. I mean, the crystal balls are flown in from Clemson and FSU, which are the other two schools that were recruiting him. Um, for him to be going to Georgia, which is interesting, but the people in-house in Columbus are feeling a different way. And it's just like, I don't know who to believe, especially after the whole Justin Scott situation. So it's like, yeah, like how credible are the crystal balls after Justin Scott, when they told us that when they didn't even mention us in his recruitment for a month, and talking about he's a Miami or Michigan lock, and he comes out and says, fuck both of them, and he's a Buckeye. So <laughs> what's a crystal ball mean in this cycle? So I don't know. 
Let's see. I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm indifferent. I can't make a call on that one. Oh my god, this dude is the worst. I'm gonna go with stand for something. <laughs> KJ Bolden's a Buckeye. You heard ah, it here first. <laughs> Okay, so we go to another major SEC battle and another edge. Dylan Stewart. Do you have him in or out? Whew. Um, Quickly. In. In. We got Dylan Stewart in. I'm going to go super duper homer. I have Dylan Stewart in the class. Before we go on to these last couple, I want to thank everyone for pulling up this Sunday and smash that like button. If you're not subscribed, make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Please share the stream and get your friends, families, uncles, aunts, cousins, boyfriends, side pieces to please. Children's iPads, whatever you want. Go ahead and find a bucket. <laughs> Fuck out BS playlist and watch the podcast. So we have another recruitment coming up here. Two weeks from today, July 23rd, we have KVA, Kingston, Viama. Oh, Buckeye. Locked in. Buckeye. Lock it in. He's a Buckeye. Okay. We don't even got to talk about that one. Locked in. We got a couple Miami battles here to talk about. Jaden Jackson, another D tackle. Mm-hmm. Big Cap Radio, you talk to him. He tells you he's a Hurricane Lock. The Buckeyes, I still hear his name. Where you got Jaden Jackson? Ah, uh, man. Jaden. I, I mean, the crazy part about Jaden Jackson is I'm hearing that he's fucking with Texas the most. So, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to say Jaden Jackson's out because I, um, I think that other uh, universities are willing to um, – invest more and to his services i feel From like james jackson will be a higher priority for other schools and it'll turn into a bidding yes. war that the buckeyes are not willing to participate in but who knows but that's where i stand right now i but we might have- because i mean we heard from, you know, we, we racks we have, on we, racks on racks at Ohio we have, State. We got we got people that are involved in that in the know in the program that we speak to on a daily basis, and they're telling us that they look at Jackson as a high four-star on the on our board at Ohio State. So who knows? So another Miami battle, probably one of the more polarizing ones, one of our more infamous battles on Twitter. Shamanad Madonna, wide receiver, Josiah Trader. Does JoJo end up a Buckeye? Mm-mm-mm. Um, I'm going to have to go with no. For based off what I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go and I'm gonna have to go with no. I'm gonna have to go with no. See, just my pride won't let me not say he's a Buckeye. I've been adamant since I've started growing my Twitter, doing media, saying anything. One of my original takes was. Jojo and Jeremiah will play together. <laughs> I don't think Jeremiah is going to Miami, so I'm going to stick to my I think guns. he's going to go to Florida State, personally. But Florida State? Okay. Yeah. You heard it from Cam. Florida State. You heard it from Ron. I'm still holding out hope for the Buckeyes. And our last in and out we're going to get to the Buckeyes' favorite position. It seems like we just can't get enough of them. Jeremiah McClellan. Four-star wide receiver. Do you have him in or out of the class? At this I have him in. I think he's going to be uh, in very soon. Fingers crossed. Let's hope that he's in. I have Jeremiah in as well. We were watching his highlights on the Discord the other day, and that kid is a burner. 
So it would be awesome to see that type of speed in the class. Our guy Q couldn't make it today, but I will get his favorite line off. Hopefully he's not too fast to play here. So our next topic that we wanted to get to was the Heisman odds. I know it's July. It is the dead season. They call it silly season on Menace. So let's yeah, dive. Look at us right now. Look July, at us man. diving deep into silly season. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little preseason Heisman odds. And I want to start it. the conversation off by talking about which Buckeye you think has the best Heisman odds, in your opinion, despite what Vegas has? I'm going to rattle off the Heisman odds for the Heisman odds for the top four candidates for the Buckeyes, and I want to get your opinion on who you would pick if you were putting money down. We have Marv at plus twenty two hundred. We have Kyle at plus eighteen hundred. We have Trevion at plus sixty five hundred, and we have backup. Quarterback, starting quarterback, De Devin Brown at plus eight thousand. They got DBZ at plus eight thousand. All right, listen. Um, if if our offense was this is a hot take. So if our was up to have a bell cow running back and one guy was just to get all the carries and Ryan Day. Design offense. If we're going to run heavy this year, I think that our running back, whoever the starting running back, will have the best chance of winning the Heisman. Stop saying that. Stop saying whoever the starting running back is. Whoever the start, starting accept running it. Back. Travion Henderson, our starting running back, five star, number one recruit in his class. Trevion <laughs> Henderson is the number one hey, running back. And I'm so happy that you, even teased, back is, bro. that you even <laughs> teased that idea because I have forever said that this is Trevion's Heisman year. Bro, you didn't even get my take out, bro. Like, no, because yeah, I'm like... stealing it because you hinted at my take. <laughs> Trevion, this is his Heisman year. He was the number one running back in his class. Everybody had such high expectations for him. He had amazing stats as a freshman. We have a first-year starting quarterback. Why not your five-star number one ranked running back have a Heisman type year? All right, cool. For for the <laughs> sake of argue, for the sake of not arguing, Trevion. All right. Say, no, say I want to know. No, no. Who was your thought? I honestly, that's not even who I was going to pick. I was just going to, I've just been saying for a long time that I think that it's setting up for the type of year where if you were to see a Heisman type uh, running back in a Ryan Day offense, wouldn't this be the year? Um, yeah. I mean, but we saw fucking JK Dobbins get 23 touchdowns and 2,000 yards, and he didn't even make it to New York. So, because we already set two Buckeyes that year. I mean, but I mean, Derek, <laughs> Derek Henry won a Heisman with them numbers, so it's kind of crazy. I mean, but, our boy Kasai's in the chat. I mean, fuck, we said any more Buckeyes, it's going to look like his Heisman battle. Right. <laughs> so, but obviously the best choice is going to be Marv because it's like Marv, Marv is going to be the, the, uh, the anchor of the offense and what's going to be – uh, giving people that like sense of like security because we're gonna have a new starting quarterback unless Kyle or Devin comes out and they're just slinging it all the way around. But I think we're gonna see our offense heavily relying on play action and Marv winning one on ones and making big plays and being per perceived as the engine that makes the offense go. Kind of like how Bama was with Devontae Smith when uh, old boy uh, from the Patriots, what's his name? Um, 
the quarterback's name. Uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Kind of how like Mike Jones and him was, where it's just like it's ob- very obvious that I got an elite wide receiver and I'm running the offense through him and I got an elite and stuff like that. So I'm going to have to say Marvin uh, Harrison Jr. because of that reason. I think that he's going to be put in a position kind of like what they're what they're trying to do with JSN last year to be the feature guy. So before we get on to our favorites and our dark horse picks, I just want to ask you a quick question. Is Vegas telling us something? I mean, plus 1,800 versus plus 8,000 doesn't sound much like a quarterback battle. Is Cal the starter? I mean, based off what I'm hearing, um, Ryan Day loves his his ability to – have like this velocity on the ball. I think it's very NFL like, but um, I think the trust factor is there more with Kyle because he's been there longer. Um, so I think that that's going to give him the edge uh, over Devin Brown. But do I think that he's better physically for our offense? I'm going to have to lean Devin Brown. But as far as me knowing how coaches work and how they operate, I could see Kyle McCord being a starter because of the trust factor that I didn't bond that I think that him and Ryan Day has built over the three years. And plus, he waited his turn. Like, that means something that shows character. He's never cried. He's never bitched. We never heard a transfer rumor. So I don't want to be the guy that says someone deserves something. But, like, he gets, he deserves his shots to show us that he can play. And if he can't, then the next guy up. It's you, seniority cam. Never thought I'd see the day. I mean, with the quarterback position, it's different, bro. It's like – you, you're that motherfucker has to know what the fuck's going on, you know. So it's like, uh, no, I feel you there. Yeah. So Heisman favorites. I want to get your actual Heisman favorite. That's not a Buckeye. If you were laying down money on a Heisman pick on July 9th, who you picking? Jaden Daniels out of LSU. You look at us setting up. He's got an opening game against another Heisman favorite and Jordan Travis. He beats them motherfuckers. He's going to shoot to the top. Basically, if Jaden Daniels can win the SEC and make a playoff, he's going to win the Heisman because he's going to have to go through Georgia, Florida State, LSU. Um, Texas A&M. Texas A&M to do it. And no one's going to have that freaking uh, resume on the on their record to do that. So, I am going to steal Berm's Heisman pick. I'm going to go with him, Ewers. Quinn Ewers at Texas. I think if he's able to get his get back against Alabama and lead them to a Big 12 championship, I feel like he's going to put up video game numbers in Sark's offense. Um, I've seen a lot of people who clearly aren't well in the mind talking about Texas potentially having a better wide receiver room than Ohio State, which is just fucking patently absurd. But I do think Quinn is going to light it up this year in the Big 12. So that takes us to our dark horse. And, I mean, anyone that watches the show knows who the real dark horse candidate is. And I need to ask the chat right now. I don't know what sports sports books you guys use. Drop it in the chat and let me know which ones you use. Because I need to find odds for my man, Tommy fucking Eichenberg. Tommy Heismanberg. Where can I get the odds? Because I'll put a whole check on it. Let me Plus know. Plus 28,000. Yeah, like let me know what sports book. Put a dollar uh, down. Get wants to house the bands. bet for me. I'm going to put Tommy Eichenberg as my dark horse candidate for the Heisman. So I want to get yours, Cam. Who is your dark horse Heisman candidate? 
This is going to be hot and sizzling for some folks, but I'm going with Connor Weigman at Texas A&M at quarterback. That is my dark horse. You're big on the SEC West this year. I just know how it goes. This isn't my personal feelings. This is just how I, we've seen this dancing pony like a hundred times. How it goes. If Jaden Daniels comes out and balls out in the SEC West and he beats Bam and he beats Georgia, they're going to crown him the king of college football. We've seen the story a hundred times. Connor Weigman also in the SEC West. If he beats said LSU team with another Heisman candidate, um, they're going to be uh, up there. And if you watch his last, uh, he only played like what five games last year. I want to say uh, came in late, true freshman, um, had eight touchdowns. Hey, as as dysfunctional as trash as that offense was last year. He showed me some things, man. If he could come in here and get that offense together, Texas a and is going to be a fucking problem. Nobody's talking about him, but you heard it first here on Buckeye BS. So, as much as I would love to say that Tommy's my dark horse candidate, he is, but I can't find odds. So, if I did have to place a bet, I would go with another SEC quarterback in Spencer Rattler, but I'd go with someone from the East. Um, I think South Carolina's a wild card team this year. Um, I feel like if he were to put it all together, they could be a problem in the East. Um, I think the East is fairly weak. Um, so, I mean, if he could come up with some sort of miracle game against Georgia, I think that's a Heisman storyline right there, and it's something that we could see. Can I have an honorable uh, mention? Yeah, let's hear it. No, actually, show's over. No honorable mentions. You're breaking the rules, actually. Disqualified. I win. I got an honorable mention, man. Jeffrey Go ahead. Sims. Let's hear. It. Let's hear. It. Jeff Sims, Nebraska. Watch okay. that. Watch that young man. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. Hey, watch that young man cook, man. I watched. I watched him. I watched him play with. I watched him play with 38 scholarship athletes and go toe to toe with Clemson. So we'll see. Big Cab Radio asks, does Caleb Williams not exist? Clearly he exists because everybody in the poll in the chat voted for Caleb Williams. So I figured I'd let you guys love Caleb Williams all you guys wanted in the chat, and we'd show some other people love. Yeah, Gmo, no, <laughs> Jeff Sims like that. Bro, he was going toe-to-toe in the ACC with nobody on his team. Matt Rule, and they got some transfers coming in there. Nebraska, all right, look out for them this year. They're going to make a bowl game. They're going to get back on track. They are trending up. We this is I'm just realizing I just looked at the outline for the show. We never talk about betting on this show. And this is a bet heavy as show because we just went through Heisman odds and we're about to wrap the show <laughs> up with defensive prop bets. So if you're hey, I'm about to with- make y'all some money on this. Y'all pay attention to defensive prop bets. I'm going to make y'all some bread on this. So y'all listen up. I am not a financial advisor. This is not official finance advice. Don't sue me if Cam's picks are wrong. So we're going to get into defensive prop bets (laughs) and compare some of last year's performances to the expectations that we have for some players this year. So we're going to start off the defensive prop bets in the category of sacks. I set the line for JTT. At six and a half. I believe he had three and a half last year. He was a top five player in his class. Number one or two defensive end, depending on the service that you were looking at. Can we expect six and a half sacks out of JTT this year? Not buying it. 
Not buying it. You're taking mm. the under on six and a half. Under all day. Plays a strong side defensive end position. I uh, just don't see it happening. Okay, so let's go over to the other side of the defensive line. We have Jack Sawyer. Over. Led the, led the team <laughs> four and a half sacks last year. He's not playing the Jack role. He's going to play a more def- traditional defensive end role. He's down in weight. He seems to be uh, moving quicker. I set the line the same at six and a half. Will we see six and a half sacks for Jack Sawyer? Over. Easy. Over. I, He's going to have double-digit sacks this year easily. I also have the over. Chat, let us know. What are your thoughts on some of these in the uh, in the comments? And also smash that like button if you haven't already. We're going to continue the theme of sacks. I have Mike Hall over under four and a half sacks. I believe he had over. three last year. Over. You're going under? Over. Easy. Over? Yes. Maybe he might get halfway there during the Notre Dame game. Well, he had three that game, right? <laughs> That's From Mike yeah. yeah. Come on, man. And then one more defensive lineman over under four and a half sacks for our guy Ty Leak Williams. Ah, uh, I want to say over. I think he's going to get over that. What else? It's going to be Mike Mike Hall and Ty Leak are going to have a lot of half sacks. So it's like that adds so up. You got so yeah. So like they're going to be a lot of like gang tackling, where they're just going to get like half sacks. So I'm gonna go over for him too. If them okay. two are healthy, bro, it's going to be a problem. So last year, our defense had a total of 34 sacks. Our 2019 defense had 54. We had an episode a few weeks ago where we compared um, the 2019 versus the 2016 defense. So I figured Mm -hmm. the 2019 would be a good measuring stick as Ryan Day's best defense. So they had 54 sacks. We had 34 last year. I set the over-under for overall sacks for the Buckeyes next year. At 46 and a half, halfway point between what they did last year and their 54 sack season against in 2019. So where do you have the Buckeyes next year? Over, under 46 and a half sacks. I got us over that because only because I know that our two deep this year is going to be a problem. We're going to be um, rotating in Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry's. And uh, hero canoes and things like that. So um, I'm going to say that we're going to go over that because our two deep is going to be just as talented or close to as our one deep. I'm going to go under. I think they have a much improved year. I think we could see 10 to 12 more sacks, and that would still hit the under at 46. I don't think they're going to be as good as 19. I think 54 is a lot to ask for. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're asking if they're going to hit 54? No, no. I still oh. think they're going to go under. I think 54 oh. it, I, Fifty-four was such a huge bar, and I feel like getting anywhere near that would take an absurd um, campaign from either Jack or JTT. And while I could see uh, Jack potentially getting the 10, Sacks, I don't see him getting up in the 14 to 16 range, but I hope I am wrong there. So another stat that was hammered last year, you've probably seen it on the timeline a million times. We did not have any interceptions from our corners, which is insane for a school that claims DBU, BIA. We haven't had a corner drafted since 19. 
We had no interceptions last year, I believe. Tanner McAllister, uh, our nickel safety, led the team with three interceptions last year. So I want to start with Denzel Burke in his money year, over under one and a half interceptions. Hmm. I want to say the over because I know that there's going to be a lot more opportunities to get interceptions because I'm anticipating a better interior pass rush and a better pass rush overall, which is going to allow him to um, break on balls and, and be more aggressive when the ball's in the air. But two, I've seen his ball skills last year, and I just don't see it. He was a wide receiver in high school. Andy was. I'll give him. I'll give him the over. I'll give him. I'll give him and Iggy the over. That I'll give him my, That was my next one. I also had Iggy at over under one and a half, and I am with Cam. I think both of our um, corners this year, with the pressure that we're going to be able to get with this defensive line, are going to have a much improved year. And I'm hoping to see at least two picks from both David Igbenosa and Denzel Burke. So another topic about the corners is with no interceptions there were no pick sixes we had two last year one by tommy heismanberg i know everyone has that it's a it's a gif as my uh background on my phone and then we had um jtt which was another amazing pick six against the penn state against penn state so two pick sixes last year do we have over under three and a half in the 2023 season. Mm. I'm going to go under. Under three and a half? I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Um, our, go our schedule is dog shit through the first three games of the season. I would hope that this defensive line is terrorizing people and we're getting deflected passes and uh, overthrows and shit like that. So I'm hoping we'll be able to go over that number. And I mean, we'll, lot, we'll, oh, I forgot. See, listen, like, see, here's the thing with this. This is why I can't really get serious with this yet because it's like those type of numbers differentiate whether still Chambers or C.J. Hicks is out there. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, still Chambers I had two interceptions see, last year. Watch your mouth. I can see C.J. Hicks getting under something, picking something or getting under a ball and tipping it and doing something athletic you know, on a weekly basis that's causing turnovers, still. You know, they asked that boy, I thought they said, they said to him, I thought you used to play running back. How didn't you take that back when he had Still had a pick six last play of Maryland game. That is true. That is true. Oh, there we go. Boom. I missed that. ESPN had that stat off. Damn. Um, damn you. It might have been a fumble. It might have been considered a fumble. You sure it was a, a pick? I'm not sure. I only saw two defensive touchdowns when I looked at the stats, but I will go back and check the film. The last stat that we have, overall interceptions, Cam. Under. Last year we had 11. 2019 we had 15. I set the over-under because 11 was a lot for how not exciting that that secondary was. So I put the over-under at 14 and a half. Can the Buckeyes get 15 interceptions next year? Who's that DB? Like we don't know who's starting, bro. Like, you know, I mean, if they put out if they put out the usual suspects, I'm going under. But if we put some athletes out there, I'm gonna go over. So that's like I don't know. We don't know who's starting. All right, I'm gonna. Go. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Lathan Ransom and Cam Martinez out there. Like, come on, get serious. But 
Uh, well, Lathan Ransom's a good middle to field safety. Like, but if they put him like in the slot position and and nickel and all that shit that we we're doing last year, it's just like I don't know. So. I'm going to go with over. I've been the homerific homer of all homers today because I am all Buckeyes on everything. I think the only thing where I went against the Buckeyes today was Jaden Jackson being in the class. So um, I'm going to go I like Latham, Mike. I'm not hate. I'm, he's a good middle of the field safety. But yeah, check, check out that tradition talk with, yeah. um, with Lathan and Tyvis, by the way, too. Shout out 1870 for – the great work wow. that they're doing with that podcast. Um, so, yeah, we both have the – so I have the over there. Cam has the under. I hope you guys don't use any of our advice for betting purposes. This was all for fun <laughs> because probably going to lose some money betting on our dumbasses. <laughs> but shout out to everyone that showed up today in the live. I appreciate all of you guys tuning in every Sunday at 10 for Buckeye BS. A little late start for us today, but I – Think it turned out to be a great show. Um, smash that like button and Cam, let everybody know where they could find you at. You can find me at I Know Things 19 Terrorizing Wolverines and Wolvercanes on the timeline of Twitter. We also can find me in the Best Am server on Discord. And you also can find me at Truther on. Uh, What's that new app called on Instagram? Threads. I was just threads. about to ask you, did threads. you join any new social threads, media yeah. apps? I'm truther on threads. Yeah, but I'll be cooking on there. But I'm trying to get I'm trying to get up. You know what I mean? Elon fucked up my mojo. So yeah. Yeah. Elon <laughs> out here ruining the bird app. So we had to migrate over to another platform. But yeah, if you want to find me, you could find me on the bird app, Twitter, two underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's. Find me on Twitch at 2Ts, TikTok to Shysties, and I am also on Thread since Elon is pushing us off the Bird app, and I am BDMG underscore Ron. So if you guys are Threaders out there, go ahead and find us. If you want to rewatch games or talk to us in our group chats, pull up on our Discord. You can join the link in our bio. And I just want to say thank you again to everyone showing up every Sunday for Buckeye BS. We'll see you next week.